Oh, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Now listen, I love my intro music. It's all professional and whatnot. Of course, now you're hearing me through a just an iPad microphone, so it's going to sound like crap, but uh, I got I got to play a second intro song uh, to fit the theme of what we're going to be talking about today. Oh yeah, that sounded even worse than my voice, but look, uh, the podcast is back for now, for today, and we're going to be talking about Blink-182. I just saw them last night in concert, um, <clears throat> and here's the thing, I want to. I always say this, every time I record an episode, I want to record more, I want to have a routine, I want to have a schedule, I want to do it weekly, and I never do, but I came up with a mini idea uh, it's kind of like a skeletal, um, like a like a out frame of an of of each episode that'll make me you know have something to say each week and not ramble because I think that's one of the problems, especially with um, solo episodes, is I ramble too much. So the kind of the frame is going to be every week. What am I? And I'm kind of stealing this from the Slash Filmcast, sort of is what am I watching, what am I listening to, and what am I reading? So they can be kind of three segments of, of, of the podcast um, to take up the, the main brunt. But, um, and if I have something major to talk about, uh, we'll talk about it, and I'll incorporate it into my um, segment. So I guess Blink can fit into what am I watching and listening to. So what I'm going to do, actually, which hopefully will be interesting, is compare and contrast set lists from when I saw them first uh, for the first time in 2009 and then uh, seven years later in 2016. So we can kind of just jump right into that, um, really. And I'll, <clears throat> I'll have other things to say um, in, in those segments. Uh, what am I talking or what am I watching and listening to? But I just kind of wanted to talk blank. So um, I have both set lists here on Setlist FM. Um, both times they were kind of like birthday things. Um, the 2009 show was actually on my birthday, August 12th. And to be honest with you, going down these lists, they are very, very similar. They did not deviate very much. In fact, it's pretty much um, the same set list. And then um, there's a few songs they replaced with stuff off of California. So I'm just going to run through here, 2009, uh, Dumpweed, Feeling This, The Rock Show, Obvious, What's My Age Again, so okay, so that's the first five songs, Dumpweed, Feeling This, Rock Show, Obvious, and What's My Age Again. The first five tracks from last night were Feeling This, What's My Age Again, Family Reunion, The Rock Show, and Cynical, so three of the same songs in the first five. Um, then uh, from 2009, we have, I'll just go through the rest here. Easy Target, which they didn't play last night. I Miss You, Stay Together for the Kids, Down, Always. Stockholm Syndrome, which is one of my top five Blink-182 songs. I, for, I, for, I forget a lot of that night. It was seven years ago. I forget how that sounded. First Date, Man Overboard, Going Away to College, Not Now, Adam's Song, which they don't often play live, I don't think. 
All the Small Things, Reckless Abandon, Josie, Anthem Part 2, that's the main set, then uh, Travis Drum Solo, Carousel, and Damn It. Um, so, right off the bat, here are songs I know they didn't play last night. I already said easy, Obvious and Easy Target, Stockholm, Man Overboard, Going Away to College, Adams, Josie, Anthem Part 2. All those songs I, I'm positive they didn't play last night. But the main skeleton frame of the show is the same. So we started out with Feeling This, which makes sense as an opener. Either Feeling This or Dumpweed, I think, are two blank openers. Um, What's My Age Again, Family Reunion, The Rock Show, then Cynical, the first song off the new album. I mean, the first song in the concert off the new album and the opening track, which a lot of people say they could open with that, too, since it's like a two-minute kind of a fast song. First Date, Down, I Miss You, um, all common songs with the other set list. Bored to Death off the new album. Built This Pool off the new album, which is just a short joke song. Actually, you just heard it now. Uh, Dump Weed, Stay Together for the Kids, Reckless Abandon, all similar songs. Then San Diego, which I wasn't expecting, but I did read online after the concert that they've been playing it for like the last week or so, which is awesome. I love San Diego. It's one of the best songs in the new album. Then Not Now, um, which again is like another like prototypical Blink song. Uh, a lot of in, lo in a lot of people's top fives probably. And I think I think um, Skiba probably sang that better than Tom has in forever. Uh, Violence, and then Don't Leave Me, which they they debuted for this tour. I don't know when the last time they played Don't Leave Me. Probably not forever ago, but that was a fun you know throwback to. Enema. Dysentery Gary, which I don't think it was on the 09 show. Let me go back. No, there was no Dysentery Gary, which I guess isn't that surprising, but apparently Matt Skiba said like he wanted to play that song. Like that's one of the um, kind of earlier quote unquote blink songs he was looking forward to playing. And so I was I was pumped when they started playing Dysentery Gary. I kind of had an idea in my head that they would play it. I didn't know for sure. And then when they play, and they had this awesome um, kind of a, you know, on the screens, like they're putting up the the lyrics and then like this drawing of Gary. I I love the song. It's kind of kind of a rude song to be honest with you, but I love I love that song. It's so fun. Um, and then Happy Holidays, You Bastard, Los Angeles. So they end it with Los Angeles. Which I think is kind of odd, but a lot of people were into that song, and I'll get into the kind of the crowd reactions in a bit. Then the encore is Carousel, All the Small Things, Bohemian Rhapsody, which is another joke song for the new album, and Damn It. So, aside from the new, you know, stuff from California, the only different songs they played were uh, Happy Holidays, which doesn't really count, it's a joke song, uh, Don't Leave Me, Dysentery Gary, yeah, so Don't Leave Me, Dysentery Gary, and Happy Holidays are the only like truly different songs they played, um, which I guess is kind of a it's kind of a bummer because you want I, I just like I want to see different songs, but I've grown accustomed to the fact that Blink is going to they're going to have their skeletal playlist and just switch out a few songs here and there. They have a bunch of songs they're very comfortable playing, especially now you know that Skiba's in the group, they're not just going to keep throwing new songs at him, like learn this, now okay, now learn this, now learn this. 
um, like Don't Leave Me is not that hard. I'm, I, I, that's probably, they picked that to start playing again. Um, I don't know if they're going to keep playing it or not, but it's got to be really easy for Matt. All he's got to do is play a couple power chords and let Mark sing. Um, now, what's interesting in, that's happened in the last seven years with Blink-182 Blink and their audience is, in 09, I, it was a marked remembrance. Is that even an expression, a marked remembrance? I remember well that everybody around you know me, I went with uh, my good buddy Tyler in, in 09. Everybody around us was really into it. They knew all the songs from, you know, Untitled back all the way back to Cheshire, you know, with Carousel. And they were, you know, pretty much equally pumped up for, for all, you know, eras of the, of the band, the, the, the songs they played. Last night, the songs you expected people to go just absolutely crazy for, like Carousel and Damn It, and, and, and all the small things to an extent, um, they, you know, got excited for, but they were really going crazy for the mega hits, like All the Small Things, um, Bored to Death, you know, because it, it, it's out. Any new song they played, people were really into. So, it, it's almost as if, like, they're, they're like, new again and sort of popular again so people only really know what they've heard in the last year or two and so you know they don't know the 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 tried and trues the the concert classics like carousel like i i like i love carousel i think i probably should put it in my top 10 blank songs if i ever make one and so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, like, even though you're going to hear it every time you see Blink, there's a reason why. I know not a reason why. Solitude's a reason to die. No, that's um, just the lyric from the song. But um, it, it's, it's a Blink staple. It's, it's the best song off of Cheshire Cat, and it's one of the best songs they've ever written. And, and um, I, 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 there's a pod, if you like Blink, there's a podcast you absolutely must listen to called Take Off Your Pants and Podcast that it's a blink they they discuss every all things blink 182 and they did a kind of a, a retrospective of cheshire cat and they talk about how like mature that song is and how like like not deep deep the lyrics are but like deep on a like a just a real life level especially the line a tank of gas is a treasure to me i know now that nothing is free it's not like whoa mind blower you know it's not like a philosophy lyric but it is a very grown-up thing to say especially when you're 20 19 20 i don't know how old tom was when he wrote that song but he was young and he's like okay so this is what it's like to like have adult responsibilities like getting gas uh, and, and, you know, not having enough money to do whatever you want. Um, but anyways, uh, I kind of digress. So, it, 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 like, a lot, I couldn't tell ages. I can, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad with ages in my mind. Everybody just looks like roughly 18 to 30 to me. Um, but I'm imagining that I was, you know, in the kind of the upper age. I'm, I just turned 26, which is young in a sense, but I guess maybe at a Blink-182 concert, especially in the general admission pit that might be on the older side because there seemed like there were some teens in there and some college-age kids. And I guess so maybe people who just, 
haven't had the history, and I don't have that much history with Blink-182. I, I became a fan in high school, and there are people who are 10 years older than me who, who started liking them in like grade school, middle school, right? And they've been fans for ever since, you know, ever since Blink existed. So for decades, right? But it made me feel kind of like an older Blink fan. I'm not saying, you know, I'm not trying to make myself sound cool or anything. But I'm like, like, I'm like, people, like, they're playing Carousel. I know we hear this every time you go, but you people obviously don't go to many Blink concerts, you know? Because you're singing along to the hits, quoting, like, not even quote-unquote hits, but you're singing along to the new songs off the album, and then you're singing along to all the small things. But when they're playing a staple like Carousel or Damn It or something like this, like, get, get hype, man. So I'm not saying, like, the concert was ruined by this or anything, but I, I, it was very interesting um, that uh, that the the songs that the crowd really really got, especially the people around me, because I didn't really look behind me all that much. I mean, um, the place was packed with people, and I'm sure like there were some like really true blue like fans like in their mid thirties. They just you know decided to get seats or whatever because they didn't want to get an elbow in the face, and I, I didn't get that myself. Because how violent is it going to get at a Blink-182 concert? When it, I think it got the most violent during the opening band, A Day to Remember, which I was like, okay, like I don't hate this, but I certainly don't love this. And I decided to go on like Apple Music last night and like sample a song. I got halfway through one song, and I'm like, okay, no, 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 this isn't for me. This isn't for me. <laughs> but it's not like I reject that whole genre of like pop punk mixed with like heavier, almost kind of screamo elements, I guess. I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't, like, reject that whole idea, but I just, like, I don't like them, I guess. They're, they're not for me. You know, they, and they certainly aren't. I bop my head along with the songs, but I don't know any of their songs, and frankly, they all sounded the same. Um, and, and they will in a concert setting, especially when you're that close. They're going to sound the same. I don't know if that's the band's fault. It's not the band's fault, really. But, um, but people got the most violent and jumpy and moshy uh, during their set because they do have a lot of the kind of metal type breakdowns and what have you. Um, again, that's not my favorite kind of music. And it makes Blink almost seem like just a complete pop band, which they are really, but they do have some, you know, you know fast and loud songs. So anyways, that is sort of an encapsulation of the Blank concert. I really enjoyed myself. Um, I think they sound great. I think they're in a second prime. I think that, honestly, I came away going, just make more new music. Like, I want to hear more new stuff from you guys. And I would have loved to hear even more stuff off of California. And I don't know, like, they seem like a band now that are just going to like take a few songs here and there off their main major albums and incorporate like their newer stuff and incorporate it into the skeleton they already have. But what I would love is when they're like like maybe a year from now if they're like really comfortable with all the songs from California even doing like a straight through play of the of the Am I recording through my headphones or the iPad? I think my headphones. That's weird. Because, yeah, okay, oh boy. Um, that's, that's interesting. I don't like that chair squeaking. Anyways, because, you know, they played a 
decent amount from what do they play from what do they play from California? Cynical, bored to death. I'm not going to count the joke songs. Cynical, bored to death. San Diego, Los Angeles. Is that four? Yeah, they played four. Okay, so they played four songs. And then if you want to count the joke songs as each a half, they played five. Um, I would love to hear even more. I would love to hear Left Alone, She's Out of Her Mind, Rabbit Hole. Um, what else would I like to hear? Th those are the ones that come to mind. Uh, Kings of the Weekend. I would have loved to hear Kings of the Weekend. But, um, and I know they played that a couple of times earlier in the concert. So, I mean... That's what I want from these guys. I love, I love the, what I want, and, and this is just me personally, I want a show that's like half California and half, like a few songs off of Enema, like Mutt and Dysentery, and then the other half, everything off, like just straight from Dude Ranch or Carousel. Like I want to hear Pathetic, I want to hear like, uh, M&M's, which I know they played a couple times in the concert. I want to hear um, like uh, Apple Shampoo or Lemmings or like Enthused. Like I would go nuts for that. And again, like maybe there's reasons they're not playing this song. Ooh, and Skiba on Stockholm Syndrome. I think Skiba would absolutely blast that song. Like I think he would slay it. So yeah, play play Stockholm Syndrome, guys. Uh, make Skiba learn that because I think he would do awesome with that. Um, because it, 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 like the reason I want them to play all these old stuff now and it, like you know Skiba has nothing to do. He was like you know you know, but he's just so much better than Tom at just carrying the tune and getting the guitar right. I, he didn't play the guitar perfect. He didn't do every intricate Tom riff. You know, he, he simplified riffs, okay? But, it like, as a unit, as a unit, they just sound like a more just uh, tight band than they have with Tom in a long time. And I'm not, I don't want to disparage the 09 concert, because I don't think Tom really started going massively downhill until after Neighborhoods came out and the live performances. I mean, he, he, he was, he's never, he was never, you know, I never got to see him in prime Tom. And what I mean by prime Tom is anytime, like right after the release of Anima to the first hiatus. Because then you got like kind of snotty, you know, backwards ball cap Tom to, you know, lip ring dyed black hair Tom. Like any of that in, in that in that era, any time in that era, I think would have been a prime time to see Tom. And, and really the whole band. But like, I don't think Mark or Mark or Travis never have wavered, you know, in there. They've always been steady. Okay. And Tom has been like on the highest mountain and the lowest low. But Trav and Mark have always been on the mountain. You know, you always expect them to be professional and get the notes right and at least try. I mean, I mean, like, uh, I love Mark to death, okay? His voice isn't as strong as it used to be, but he's, like, giving it all. And I think he sounded good last night. Again, it's hard to hear exactly, you know, how they sound when you're that close and everybody, including yourself, is singing along. But like every once in a while, I close my mouth and just listen, like uh, like I wanted to hear how he sounded in Cynical or Bored to Death, you know. 
and honestly, he's getting better. I think he's getting better. Like I heard him sing those two songs in the, uh, on YouTube, you know, from earlier in the in the tour, and I'm like, oh, he, he it's not very strong. He's got to get better, and he has, I think. And Travis always been Travis. I mean, Travis is just incredible. So what is my point? Uh, my point is, Skiba will never be Tom DeLonge, and I don't want him to be. I don't want him to like, try to be. Like I don't, I don't want the next you know concert vid I see for you know Skiba to have his hat backwards and his guitar slung all the way down to his to his crotch. Like I don't want him to to like emulate every part of Tom. I just want him to play the songs well, and and so I can hear these awesome Blink One Eighty Two songs live and see them live. And performed well, um, and I think that if I had seen Tom DeLonge in the band last night, part of me would have been like, "Wow, it's it's the guys, you know, it's the original. Well, it's not the original guys, you know what I mean? Uh, there's no Scott, but it's the main group that was together for the longest time in Blink." But I also probably would have cringed a lot at Tom's failures to, you know sing the words and, and sound like a human being when he sings. I don't want to disparage Tom. I've already said too much about him, too many mean things. But, because I've always loved Tom. I'll always love Tom. But he will never be the same again. And so, if Blink needs to move forward with Matt Skiba and not quite ever be able to touch that first Blink Prime but have a second prime, just a completely other other prime that they're in now that I think they are in, then that's fine. I don't know if I just made sense at all with that sentence. But basically it's like, okay, Blink was Blink then, and it was Mark, Tom, and Trav, and they were on top of the world. But now Blink, and, and that was a, a prime they were in. But now, Tom, Tom is no longer Blink Tom. Tom is Angel's Tom, he's To The Stars Tom, he's, you know, Poet Anderson Tom. And that's fine. He's got to do what he wants to do. I wish he could be the same as he was when he was 20, in his 20s, but he's not, and he never will be, and that's fine. I can't, I can't fault him for that, right? So I'm always going to think on that very fondly and, and, and love that era of, of from Cheshire to, to Untitled and Neighborhoods is fine. I, I don't love it. It's funny because when that first came out, I like I have a, I have a recency bias type of guy. I'm like, Neighborhoods is the best, most mature effort they've done to date. I don't know why Tom, uh, Donald Trump uh, is raving about Neighborhoods. It's the best album I ever heard. Blink-182, good guys. Uh, I just I slipped a little into Stallone there. Hey, I love Blink. I like to listen to Blink-182 on the set of Expendables. I'm going to have Mark Hoppus on the next movie. I love you, uh, Sly. By the way. Uh... What was I saying? Okay. Oh, no. I lost a train of thought. But, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Always going to love that era of Blink. But then now, they are a new thing. They're, they're, they're Blink with Matt Skiba. They're not even Blink with Matt Skiba. They're Blink-182. And the band members are Matt Skiba, Mark Hoppus, and Travis Barker. And I think that, you know, they're only going to get better. Like, the albums that they put out, hopefully they'll put out more albums. At least, like, one or two more as this band. I think they're going to get even better. I think California is really good, and I think they can get even better. I think that there are songs in California that I would put maybe in my top ten Blink songs, especially Left Alone. That song is like a monster. Um, I'm going to have to do that sometime, like rank my five or ten Blink songs. That would be really hard, though. I think it would be interesting to do ten 
like my 10 favorite Blink songs in no order, and then my 10 least favorite Blink songs, and then kind of explain why. And I think the least favorite would be more fun than talking about my favorite. But anyways, um, you know Fighting the Gravity is going to be on that least top, that bottom 10. I'll tell you that right now. Fighting the Gravity is going to be on there. MH4 whatever 2011, that's going to be on my bottom thing. And maybe like one or two more from Neighborhoods. Um, so yes, so, okay, so I, I don't, like, I'm going off the rails, I'm talking too long about Blink, but the main takeaway from the concert last night is, I, I can't wait for the future of this band, I can't wait to see what else comes next, and that's awesome. They're not, like, I, in a sense they're a legacy band, but in another sense I think they're like, like a current band, like a, like a band that people love for what they're doing now. And I think the, the crowd, going more crazy for like bored to death in Los Angeles and San Diego than damn it and carousel. I think that's an indication that people want current fresh stuff, new stuff from this outfit. And that's exciting to me. So anyways, that's what I've been watching slash listening to. Um, another thing I've been uh, listening to. So okay, like, let me go to my Apple music um, and see like what I've added to my thing. Oh, I've come around on the song Cheap Thrills by Sia. Um, I think that is a, a candidate for Song of the Summer, even though I think, I don't know when this is acting came out. Um, but I still think the Song of the Summer is One Dance uh, by Drake. I, I, it has to be. Um, I added this band called Trophy Eyes. Uh, they're coming out with a new album in the next month or so, I guess. Uh, they're kind of like, I guess, alternative. Um, the song Chlorine in particular, uh, there's two songs from the new album, Chemical Miracle, the song Chlorine and Heaven Sent. Both songs are really catchy and good and kind of just like interesting sounding. They don't sound, they don't sound like every other alternative band. To me, they don't. Maybe they would to other people. But the song Chlorine in particular is just a really good kind of an alternative song with, you know, a melodic t uh, tone to it. I don't know what I'm saying, but that's a good one. Um, another th uh, artist that I'm getting really into lately, and uh, if, you, if, you, if you know me personally now, you know who I'm going to say, uh, Meatloaf. And the reason I got into Meatloaf is because I heard, obviously, everybody knows Meatloaf, everybody knows... You know, I would do anything for love or paradise by the dashboard light. But like, I didn't. It didn't really click with me how great th those songs are. Really, especially uh, anything for love. Until we saw Sausage Party, which I've already explained my thoughts on that movie in real life, so I won't get into it here. But the best part of the movie is when the meatloaf starts singing meatloaf and doing I would do anything for love. And then I'm like, man, that's a, that's a great song. Like you've heard that song a million times, but man, is that a song? And so then I I go to Apple Music and I realize. Oh, there's like a 12-minute version on the studio album, and I love it. Um, I have been trying to just listen to everything I can. I just like the the bombastic yet sincere. You know, well, I guess you can be bombastic and sincere. That's the Killers, and like I think that the Killers and Meat should like do a do like a collaboration song together. That'd be amazing. But like, just the kind of kind of rock opera-esque songs he does, like written by Jim Steinman or whatever. Like, I Would Do Anything for Love, the 12-minute version is just incredible. 
Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, like eight, nine minutes long. Um, another song that I absolutely love is uh, I'd Lie For You and That's The Truth, which just the title, all right, I, I was like just, I like threw my fists in the air just watch, reading that title. That's a killer title. But the song is just outrageously good. Um, but yeah, I mean, any meet, like, with any artist that's not, like, the greatest of all time, like Bruce Springsteen, he's going to have some hits and misses. But, um, I mean, hey, there's some, there's some amazing stuff here. Like, uh, It Just Won't Quit, Rock and Roll Dreams Come True. Um, just really, um, Bad Out of Hell 1 and 2 are, like, the major albums that are good. But he's got great songs on really everything he's done. Um, that's the main thing, I guess, that I've been listening to. I, I haven't really mentioned... Well, I haven't done a podcast in forever. So, speaking of, like, lame, alternative, Warped Tour-type music, um, there's a band called As It Is that I'm, like, really into. Sort of. In, like, I, I... It started out as, as hate listening, but I think I just like it. Um, the album is called Never Happy Ever After, and man, I honestly, dude, I I can listen to this whole album front to back, and like sing along and, and be really into it. And so it's like, who cares? Yeah, this is music for sixteen-year-old mainly girls, I guess, who go to Warp Tour concerts. But it's really catchy to me. So like, I'm not like I'm not going to apologize for thinking it's really catchy. So I'm done apologizing for listening to As It Is. Okay. Um, so yeah, that looks like uh, the main thing there. Um, I like to discover new music. I like to always, and not just like, you know, current music, just like anything out there that I, I'm like, oh, I haven't heard this, or oh, I don't know what this genre is. Um, but, you know, there's always tons of stuff to, um, just looking to see what else I have here on my Apple Music. I think that's basically it. And now, what am I reading? Well, I just finished It uh, a couple weeks ago. <clears throat> maybe like a week or two ago. Stephen King's It. Uh, and, and part of what I'm watching, I watched the, the 1990 miniseries a, w uh, a while ago. Maybe like a month. Because it took, it took me probably... I don't know if it was a full month, but it took me a while to read It. I mean, it's... Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <laughs> a thousand plus pages um and I really liked it I'm really excited for the uh the two movies that are going to be coming out um in 2017 and I guess 18 um and I just I, I really liked the miniseries that's why I went and picked up picked up the book but I can just there there improvements can be made and you know, you can be more faithful to the, to the to the book for sure, but um, I fell in love with the characters, you know, as they were portrayed in the miniseries, and I thought the you know the kids and the adults were great. And yes, Tim Curry was great. He, you know, he's I I think a horror movie icon at this point. Uh, his his role his turn as Pennywise is like an iconic horror thing. You know, you knew Pennywise the clown. It, it, you know, for the longest time, even before I saw this, um, and yeah, he's he's mostly funny, a little scary at times, but mostly I just think funny and interesting to watch, like fun to watch. But um, Pennywise, 
in the book is not fun. You know, he's he's menacing and he's scary and he's mean and he's gross. And so I think the the movie it's going to be uh, made by Andrew Muschietti or whatever Muschietti. Uh, he did Mama, which was actually to me a disappointing movie. I thought it looked great, but it just kind of turned into like every other horror movie. Uh, it kind of fell off the rails for me. Um, it had a good atmosphere and good actors in it, like uh, Jessica Chastain and that. Is it Nikolai Custer Weldu or whatever? Um, I think he was in it. But I, I, I have faith that this guy will do it right. Because Stephen King, like, he seems to be on board with the, the new movie. And the casting so far for the little kids, they look right. They got the, um, the young boy from who played Alton in Midnight Special to play, Bill Denborough, which I think is fantastic. He just looks perfect. He looks like you know, a Bill Denbro to me. So I'm excited for that. And they got this kid from like Stranger Things, which I haven't seen, but I've heard it's good to play Richie Tozier. Um, and so after it, I kind of uh, wanted to get caught up on some graphics, uh, graphic novels. So I read the first trade paperback of Outcast, the Robert Kirkman thing, um, which I liked, didn't love, but I do want to continue, obviously. You know, Kirkman's Kirkman. Like, I thought he was the end-all and be-all of comics when I first got into comic comics with The Walking Dead. Because I'm like, oh, well, The Walking Dead, you know, yeah, it's Robert Kirkman. But he's one of many comic writers, and he's not anywhere close to being the best. Um, so, uh, Brian K. Vaughn, to me, now, right now, I, I, I'm no expert on, on comics and graphics. But from what I've read from Brian K., with Why the Last Man, Saga, Pride of Baghdad. He, I might have read one other thing he did. He didn't do any Batman, I don't think. I don't know why I'm thinking that. Brian K. Vaughan. Yep, yep, yep. Well, no, he's done. he's done superhero stuff. But I don't think any that I've read. But, like, Why is incredible, and I've only read the first trade of Saga, but I have more, you know, on, on deck, and Pride of Baghdad, just like a nice, really interesting and beautiful um, single shot graphic. Um, so, and that's another thing I can add to what am I going to watch or what am I watching. I might possibly watch the first season of Outcast from Cinemax, because I like Patrick Fugit, and the comic was interesting enough for me to kind of want to see if they can translate some of the creepiness to the screen because the way they were, the, the faces were drawn of like the people who were possessed were kind of like unsettling. So I'm interested to see some of that. Uh, I think I'm, yeah, I just started the first trade of, and that's what's kind of a bummer of reading, gra like getting into comics and graphics from working at, at Half Price Books is there's the, you always get a ton of number ones in of of any series, and then you know if you really want to dig deep, you might have to like wait a long time or just bite the bullet and go buy them for full price. But I mean it's a, it's it's incredible, it's incredibly easy to get in a hobby to get into reading comics because let's say most most trade paperbacks are nine ninety nine cover price or fourteen ninety nine. Okay, 
at like or like sixteen ninety nine at the most. Okay, well let's just say they're nine ninety nine usually, and we price them at half. Okay, because we're half price books four ninety nine employee discount. Take another half off. I'm paying like two fifty. Okay, for that for that trade. That's like a that's like a that's like a cheeseburger. Okay, and I'm getting this beautifully drawn and written story. Um, so what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Descender by Jeff Lemire. I just started it. I only read like the equivalent of like a, an issue and a half. But I think hopefully this will be my next like thing that I love. Like I, I love a lot of series. Um, Why the Last Man? I haven't finished, but I'm I'm probably halfway through. I'm waiting on more. Uh, I think I'm gonna love Saga. I th I think I'm gonna love it. I was pretty into it by the end of the first issue or the first trade. Like it took me two reads to get into it. I was like, no, I don't. This isn't for me. And then I put it down. And then I revisited it and forced myself to read the whole first trade. And I'm like, no, no, no. This is good. Um, I like the. Uh, the Scott Snyder Batmans, I don't, obviously, if we're talking Batman stories, like, Year One, Dark Knight Returns, uh, Whatever Happened to the Cape Crusader, uh, The Man Who Laughs, um, stuff like that. And of course, Walking Dead, uh, you know, I have a love-hate relationship with The Walking Dead comic show creators, writers, actors. Um... But, anyways, Jeff Lemire, Descendant, Descender, I think it's called. It looks beautiful. Uh, it's like fully illustrated. It almost looks like watercolors. I forget who the illustrator is. I can't, I can't remember his name right now or hers. But um, it looks amazing. Um, it's beautiful. And so hopefully the story can live up to the, to the art. And, and I haven't gotten deep enough into the story to know if I'm really going to truly love it or not. But I have high hopes for it. So that's kind of what I'm reading. And then probably the next like novel that I'm going to um, read is Christine, another Stephen King, which I got at work a while ago. Um, that looks like cool. This is, it just seemed like I, I've seen the movie. You know, I saw the movie a while ago. Um, it wasn't like amazing or anything. I think the acting kind of hamstrung the movie a little bit, which is often the case in uh, movie adaptations of Stephen King. But... I just know, like, it's going to be cool. Like, a demon car, that sounds dope. I think about Cujo recently, too, so. Anyways, um, that's what I've been reading. So, anyways, I hope to do this once a week. I hope to have fresh things to talk about, you know, once a week. Um, because I can also incorporate, like, what I'm watching, like, sports into what I'm watching, right? Um, I watched the Pirates, well, I watched what I could of the Pirates sweep the Brewers in four games in Miller Park, which they've never done before, which, you know, they should do that. They're a better team, and the Brewers have given up long ago in the season. But, um, you know, there's kind of this Miller Park curse, and easier said than done, you know, but they, they swept in four games. Now they're going into Chicago for a three-gamer, which, you know, is going to be tough, to put it uh, lightly, but, you know. So what I'm watching, I'm watching the Pirates uh, in a wild card chase uh, for the third year in a row. This time they're kind of on the outside looking in, but they're only half game back. Um, I'm watching Steelers preseason, uh, getting excited for the season. I, you know, the third preseason game is the only one you really care about, and the first, you know, two possessions are the only ones that matter because 
that's when you're starting offenses on the field and you know uh, Ben looks great and you know AB looks great and and hopefully Le'Veon will uh, after he comes back from his three gamer uh, he'll be you know tear up the tear up the league so hopefully we have nothing to worry about with the offense hopefully the defense can just be average and not horrible um, and we'll see where we go I think I think every yeah as a Steelers fan you have every right to be at least cautiously optimistic about the um, the season this year because a lot of people are picking the Steelers to just plow through the AFC and go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, chill out. Like, Tom Brady still exists, right? I mean, he, he might not be in himself, but come on. It, like, it's like, oh, he's going to miss the first four games. Sure, that's true. Um, and he's getting older. Sure, fine. But has he shown any indication of slowing down, right? And you know he's mad, right? So week five through 17, I mean, like, look out, world. Um, Brady's going to be, you're, you're going to get a, a pissed off Brady, right? A pissed off Belichick and a, you know, they're always going to, they're always going to make the playoffs and go to the AFC championship. Okay. It's the Patriots. Um, so if it's going to be Patriots Steelers in the AFC championship, I think I might pull my hair out. So anyways, getting ahead of myself with that. Um, I think that just about does it for this episode. Hopefully I don't like, I remember I did a walking dead uh, no, no, no. What did we do? Oh, no, no, no. Mom and I did a Batman Superman uh, kind of review type thing, and then I deleted it before I exported it or whatever. Anyways, hopefully that doesn't happen. Uh, I'm going to, you know, and again, I hope, I hope to do this once a week. I hope I have things to talk about. Um, it might not be exactly seven days from now. It might be eight or nine. Um, I, and again, I hope I have guests on we can talk you know i can talk uh have a round table discussion about things you know movie reviews um what have you so um and and if you and if you listen to this which there might be three or four people who <laughs> are subscribed um and you want to be on the show and you are in the pittsburgh area like you live near me uh tell me and uh, i'll try to uh, you know work something out because solo apps are fine, but they really are the best when um, there's more people on here. And it's not like this big professional setup. I'm sitting in a kitchen table with an iPad and a, and a laptop in front of me and I'm using the headphone. Uh, now that I, I've learned from my, um, or I'm using the microphone from my headphones to record this. So it's not a, um, and sweating like it is hot recording a podcast is very hot and I had a fan on and then I realized oh it sounds like you're in the ocean uh, if you have a fan on recording a podcast so if you want a podcast with me let me know we're going to do a very unprofessional setup and we're going to sweat so uh, I'm going to make it wet so you know there you have it um, that's uh, I think that's it for today uh, I'm going to play my regular outro music I just took a sip of water. <laughs>